This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. Kieran Bangs. Yes. Nice to meet nice to meet you coming coming at us from Petersburg, Alaska by way of Norway. Yep, correct. I'm in Petersburg on my way to Bristol Bay for the summer salmon season. Um, I just flew in from Norway a couple of days ago, so still a little jet lagged. But um yeah, I'm here. Where were you in Norway? Uh, I was in a small town called Tonsberg, um, just about an hour, 20 minutes south of Oslo. Um, it's Norway's oldest uh, town. So living there. Yeah. So do you, are you a dual citizen? I just got my residency permit there. Um, I, it will take about like roughly three years to when I can apply for a dual citizenship um, in Norway and in the U.S. Okay. Why did you want to move to Norway? Uh, I, it wasn't, I mean, I guess it was a choice, but, um, I was doing some traveling, uh, in Asia and I met a girl (laughs) and uh, so, yeah, so that happened. Uh, and she was just about to head to law school in Norway. So I was like, okay, you know, I went and hung out with her while she was at law school. And then, um, I was a commercial fisherman, so I had seasonal work. Uh, you know, worked out well. I could go there on my off seasons. And then, uh, you know, she couldn't really exactly practice Norwegian law in the U.S. So, like, the, the choice was to, you know, move there. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So, we've been moving there. So, the plan is that <clears throat> once she finishes this law degree, she can bankroll you while you're, like, a hunting and fishing bigelow? Or yeah, gigolo? basically. Jiggle. Yeah. I always get those words confused. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, commercial fish, I, I own a boat. And so I do the captaining of the boat in the summer, you know, small salmon boat. And then the rest of the, like the 10 months, I just hang out with my dog and, you know, go hunting in Norway. Oh, so. well, that sounds like a pretty, pretty okay. Uh, lifestyle. So yeah, she's, she, yeah. Go ahead. So do you, do you go to Peter Petersburg every summer? Uh, yeah, I go to Petersburg to see my family. You know, my family lives here. Um, so I go say hi to them and, uh, you know, go see some friends and, you know, get some, some Alaska time in before I got to go to work. You know, it's Bristol Bay is completely different. You know, the, the Naknek area, King Salmon area is completely different from Southeast. So, yeah. So that's where you're heading very soon is to yeah. work the the commercial salmon fishing season in Bristol Bay. Yeah, and, and I guess it kind of a little bit relates to, you know, your your premise of what I've seen in the salmon industry, you know, ever since like Deadliest Catch came out, everyone wanted to go do that. You know, everyone wanted to go fishing, you know, kind of a, a hype train that, that came with that um, yeah. that show. But I guess the nice was, thing about uh, that, I was, you know, it's funny. I was, <laughs> I, I was addicted to that show. I was addicted yeah, to that show. I, I bet. I mean, it's, it's, 
I, I know those guys. I, I fished in the Bering Sea for a couple of years oh. with those guys, you know. Um, oh. I, I, Yo, I Captain Sig. <laughs> You're like famous I, by proxy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a place in Norway and everything. It's the whole it's a whole deal there. Oh, really? Yeah, he, his family's from uh, – his mom still lives there. They live in uh, Conway on the West Coast, okay. an island. Yeah. Okay. You bought like an old herring saltery and shit. It's just big. I don't know. It's a big thing over there. <laughs> is, I mean, there's so many people that became, so many fishermen that became mildly famous because of that show. Quasi, yeah, yeah, famous or whatever. So yeah. with him, is he still a public figure in some way? Yeah, man. What's his last name? Sig Hansen. Sig Hansen. Hansen. Yeah, he yeah. Has, a, has a brother too, right? That was on the. He's got two. He's got Norman and Edgar. Yeah. The Northwestern, right? That was their. Yep. Boat. Yep. Or probably, I, I hope it still is their boat. Yeah, it is their boat. Yeah, he, he's like a big time owner and producer of the show. So he makes so much money off that show. Wait, uh, what show? Delia's Catch. Yeah, but it's, it's no longer extant. It's. I mean, there's not a deadliest catch anymore, right? Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, it's still being made. That show's still being made. Oh, oh yeah. No, they went to Norway like uh, this last fall because they closed down Red King Crab in the Bering Sea. So mm-hmm. they did like, you know, the we're gonna go to Norway and yeah, yeah. They did. They did a whole thing on that. So um, I'm sure yeah. that'll be filmed here soon. I probably just spilled the beans on a bunch of it. <laughs> oh, but, this, um, is, this is insider info. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's big, big. Oh. Uh, they're they're up in Trump's. Uh, you, you, up in you, you heard it here first on the Hunt Quietly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm starting to think about whether I would. I I guess uh, I'd have to know more about how much that, like being a commercial fishing influencer how that impacts other people's fishing before I felt terribly guilty about having watched that show. I wouldn't really feel bad about watching that show because, you know, if you go up there and you're terrible at working, you you can't hack the boat life because it's not for everyone. Then Oh man, that is for sure. I mean, watching what they put themselves like, I, I I I consider myself somebody who can, you know, mix it up. I can work hard. It's yeah. just the sleep deprivation. That that's what kills people. And then it's it, but it's but the honestly the thing is it's the mental game, you know, because you have on top of sleep deprivation, you have all the mental games of like we're done when the captain says, but then what if he says one more string of pots, and then you see the morale go down, you know. So you just it's all a mental game, really. But yeah. you know, the guys. The guys that can't hack it, they're gone. So if you had that in hunting, this podcast wouldn't be a thing because all the guys that were terrible at it would be gone. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, yeah, they'd be kind of kicked out. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's why that industry is not really hurt at all because of that. Okay. That's interesting. That bit about that bit about like there's no the 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 end of the shift when the end of the shift is is uncertain Mm -hmm. makes it that that makes it extra grueling i remember when i was a kid my dad he used to 
he'd work us into the freaking ground, man. And mm-hmm. It's not like we were from a farm or anything. We lived just at a yard. <laughs> but he would <laughs> in a residential neighborhood, but he would fill these lined pieces of paper with chores. And you yeah. get the sense that once you got through all those chores, that you could go play with your friends, you know. But yeah, it would it would we'd call it'd be like until this is the sheet is all all these items are scratched off your butt is coming straight home from school and you're here all day on the weekends working on these chores and so once in a while he would we'd finish one of those and he'd just start another one right yeah. after you know <laughs> it probably is kind of like when captain sig decides they're gonna check some prospector pots or whatever at the end of a 40 hour shift. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I, you know, then it, but it translates well to out, out, you know, doing other things, you know, like, Oh, there's one more Ridge or, <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess it, at the time you're just like, Oh, this is terrible. And then later you're like, you know, you have that mental, that stamina and that, that mindset that just kind of pushes you farther than other guys, um, you know, especially in the woods or, you know, when you translate to hunting or whatever or work or, you know, so tell me, uh, what, tell me about, tell me about what you'll be doing in Bristol Bay. Uh, I will be, I'll be getting my sand boat ready. Um, it's a 32 foot sand boat. Uh, so you own a, uh, you own a salmon boat in Alaska and you own a, some kind of fishing vessel in norway i know i don't own a boat in norway i just own one in alaska oh okay yeah so i just own the boat here um and then uh so we're going up commercially fish in norway no i I just got my work permit like in march okay so this march so I, i just got like residency where i could could technically start working um or look for jobs or whatever um did you have you married this lawyer girl yet i i did we got married uh it'll be 2020 we got married okay yeah all right so you don't have to worry about money anymore then uh <laughs> oh you know we still got worry yeah yeah no <laughs> i know what you mean yeah lawyer lawyers but uh uh so I'll be doing that. Got uh, some, I got my crew coming up and we'll get in the boat ready. Um, I do most of my boat work and engineering myself or try to do it, you know. Uh, do you know these folks? Uh, yeah, a couple of them are from Petersburg. Um, and then one of them is from one of my buddies was running a boat in the Bering Sea and he had a, a, a greenhorn on there that said it might be good. So I'll pick him up. So uh-huh. yeah, it should be good. Um, I have a, so my family has a cabin on on Prince of Wales Island. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. No, I've seen a couple of the episodes where they're in Southeast on yeah. that the show there, and that's uh, it was cool to see other people hunting it, but at the same time, I was like, like, oh shit, now people might mm-hmm. want to come up here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's yeah among the many reasons I do not like hunting television. Uh, so yeah. you'll, you, you'll go, is, is it the kind of thing where you guys st- sleep out on the ocean? Yeah, we're mo- mostly in the river, um, kind of the river deltas, you know, of the rivers in Bristol Bay. Um, Bristol Bay's got 
you know, the the most sustainable sockeye run in the world of sockeye salmon. So just an insane amount of fish coming back lately. We've had record years. We're projected for 77 million fish return. I think it was, I saw. So oh, well, that's, um, that's, that's heartwarming. Cause all you hear is doom and gloom <laughs> yeah. Yeah, about salmon, you know? So, well, that's good. yeah. I mean, the Southeast had some really rough years. Um, I think Prince William sound is supposed to have a decent year, but yeah, no, there's been a lot of doom and gloom, but then like, um, Bristol Bay has been, been absolutely fantastic. You know, we didn't really hit that hard on the COVID price either. You know, we still got a uh, good price. We, you know, it should be higher always, but you know, the, the processors always find a way to. Sockeye, make runs, are good. <laughs> so- sockeye runs are good. And yeah. are, the, are the other salmon runs good in, in Bristol? Uh, we have, we have some chum salmon, um, and that's, it's pretty scarce there. Um, uh, king salmon is not good. Um, you know, that, that decline in the West coast, the entire West coast has been drastic. Um, yeah, with, all the way down know, to Washington. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, the damming of the rivers, we have, you know, barely a season in California anymore. We have. Oh, it's just terrible, you know. Puget mm-hmm. Sound's really bad. So, uh, I mean, the King Salmon used to be, you know, the Columbia River was just insane. They'd even make it up to you in Montana. Um, yeah, some of those fish, yeah. which, but I mean, the and then we have there's like an off and on pink run, pink salmon run, compies. Uh, every couple of years it's okay, and then we have some Chinooks late season, but it's pretty much a sockeye run. You know, you go up there June and you're leaving by the first part of August at, you know, most. So it's really short and sweet. Um, pretty tough on the guys, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's quick and fast and then you get her done and can go, yeah. go on and, you know, go do other fisheries if you want in the summer. So. Right. That's cool. Uh, do you do, do you do any other, or is it just a, you just use your boat for, for sockeye and then that, then you're done. Yeah, I there's like giant boat yards up there, you know, like a parking lot for boats. <laughs> oh. And they just they just these, you know, thousand dollar, you know, hundred couple hundred thousand dollar boats that are just sitting there all winter. Um, you know, there's guys building million dollar boats for a two month fishery. It's insane. Whoa, that's wild. So so what's the latest on the cause of the plight of the king salmon like what yeah what's the latest science on on why they're suffering so bad uh we have a really big one that's probably the hottest topic in alaskan fishing is the trawler bycatch um plays a a really big part in that um because that's kind of the, the the Bering Sea area where they do a lot of the the trawling for pollock and background fish and everything. Uh, is where all these fish go to, you know, go to the go go out to the ocean. They, that's where they live. Um, so that's a huge one. Um, I don't really think it's overfishing as much um, anymore. Um, but also, if you <laughs> You know, like let's say you, you catch them on a the trolling gear on the trolling. You know, they they can just release them back when you're not allowed to catch them. The king salmon, 
Mm-hmm. And then you have like a seine boat who's just scooping up fish and they scoop a bunch of fish on board. And, you know, the, uh, you know, like a, let's say a, a large 50 pound King salmon is on the deck and gets a gill cut. It's dead. And they have to throw it back because they can't sell it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have all this bycatch that's, that's, you know, on top of, um, habitat loss and, uh, you know, also our climate change is really different. The snowpack is completely different year to year um, in areas where there used to be like a steady snowpack for the release of the fry in the spring, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, dams uh, are a big one, down, especially down, you know, um, on the West Coast, Seattle, you know, that area, Washington and Oregon and everything. Um, but yeah, I was, I was. That, yeah, for, absolutely. I'm kind of trying to get a sense of like why in the last five, ten years it, it seemed like it's gotten so much more dire. I mean, obviously the dams aren't much of a contributor there because they've been there much longer than that. But. Yeah, um, no, it's it's been it's been really crazy. You know, I I remember growing up, it used to be no problem to go catch king salmon. Now um, it's pretty hard. You know, luckily we have a hatchery um on our island that does that does king salmon so that's always cool but you're not get you're still not going to get these those old you know uh mainland king salmon that are like 60 pounds you know those are that's that's an insane fish to catch yeah Um, yeah so that's been a big problem um and but yeah everything else for for bristol bay is looking really great um we're wish the entirety of alaska fisheries and you know and a lot uh, the u.s fisheries are doing well um crab season has been terrible um they just shut down red king crab last fall um opelio crab stocks took like a over an 80 percent hit on their quotas so that was it was just terrible for those guys you know and from having is that is that like because of ocean warming is that what the deal is there i mean there's a lot of factors i think that one is it um ocean acidification has been a big hit on the juvenile red crab uh but yeah they they yeah they do like a survey and you know got like it was steadily the the it was steadily going up at like 30 percent a year for the quotas mm. and then they just took a huge dive um and they're like oh well there's a lot of new recruits coming in you know um just undersized males and so there's hope for it but it was really tough on some of the guys um this this fall there yeah i it's it's yeah you can't base a business enterprise commercial fishing enterprise around fishing every two or three years no no you can't so it's it's been scary you know um guys been getting into other fisheries or, you know, more inclined to go back, you know, like some people leave that TV show and then people are going to go back to it because it's a guaranteed paycheck for those guys. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I had no idea that they were still making deadliest catch. Where is it? Where is it aired? I think it's discovery. Okay. It's on discovery. Yeah. Oh. So hunting in Norway is, yeah. Uh, is a concern for you well it's it's a i take it you grew up hunting in alaska i did i grew up hunting in petersburg in southeast alaska um which 
I, I, I'm guessing you've, you've been here enough times where you know how, how amazing it can be and how open it is. And, you know, it's, you know, I might not even see another person for days hunting here. Um, so I came from like one of the, the best areas to hunt in the U S to European hunting and was like, Whoa, this is, this is a huge change in everything that I've grown up with. Um, I think they do a lot of good things um, in, in hunting in general. Um, I just, I've been, I was hunting on a Norwegian, like a foreign hunting license. Um, and then I just, right before I came back on Wednesday, actually, I passed my Norwegian uh, hunting exam to be a resident hunter there. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I think they do a really good job. You know, it's a mandatory 30 hour class. They teach you species of everything that's huntable in the entire country. Like teach and you about their biology. They, they, they teach you. Well, it's more about the species. Uh, how many, yeah, like biology, I guess it is. It's, it's, you know, like how many eggs, you know, birds have, um, where they nest. Uh, they teach you all the different um you know, like you have red stag over there and they have the hinds and the, you know, so the, all the terminologies there, uh, how to distinguish between the birds. Some are looking really similar. And then they teach you laws and, you know, like an extensive section on the, all the laws of them, all the laws of, of hunting in Norway and what's allowed and not allowed. And then you, they teach you about the, um, you know, how to, how to butcher an animal, how to, properly care for the meat um so i think they do a good job at that you know they put like 10 to twelve thousand people a year through the course that by their fishing game kind of you know their equivalent of the fishing game uh in norway and there's like hundred and forty thousand hunters there i think i read uh there's there's more than that there's there's registered hunter there's about like 550 i think it is but no oh not all of those are paying the residence fee, you know, the, the licensing fee. Um, it's quite a bit less than that, that actually takes. So I guess 50% of people that take the actual course past it, don't even go hunting for whatever reason, whether it's like, I made my wife do it with me and I don't know if she'll go hunting much, <laughs> oh, I see. but she took the course, but I think we've seen it. And this is not, I'm not saying I don't, encourage this but there's a huge percentage in like a 10 percent gain in women in the last few years oh then now that they're, they're at 15.5 of the overall um hunting population which i've obviously have no problem with um oh, I but I, on this site it says 140 active hunters yeah yeah exactly okay. all right but, anyway so but i don't so but i think it's women a, are getting out more they're getting out more and they're doing it, but I also kind of want to tie that into the social media thing is like, would, would they still be doing it if there wasn't social media involved? Oh, uh, is there, are there a lot of, are there folks that I'm going to say folks that yeah. people that put, put makeup on and, and, and try to look attractive while they're hunting? Exactly. And, and I, I don't, um, I, I mean, I, hell I've seen 
it doesn't really matter who's hunting, you know, as, as long as you're doing responsible things, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, but I think well, that, yeah. okay. but it's an exploitation thing of kind of like, not not exploitation, but it's kind of like they're a bit, you know, kind of using that to, to get the, the Instagram profile, you know, likes and things like that. And, and don't get me wrong. I have an Instagram profile. I'm not very active on it. Um, but I have, uh, some pictures of, mostly my dog. <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I don't use it to really, you know, push any kind of agenda or sell, you know, I'm not sponsored by anyone. It's not really my, my deal. Um, but I, I, I guess I just get frustrated with when people that's, that's kind of why they got into hunting. You know, I know you, I've listened to your podcast. You know, the reason I contacted you or even found out about your podcast was when you did the one on with Ron Bain there. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, Whoa, this is something I've been thinking about and frustrated with for a while. Um, and I'd have to, yeah. In, in terms of things that, I dislike about hunting culture uh, contemporaneously is that's that ranks extremely high for me is people that do it it totally or even in part for the hey look at me aspect of it. Yeah, and and I know you. I, I think I've, if I'm understand correctly you have no problem with bragging to your friends or you know family about you know things you've you've accomplished in your hunting life because that's just part of it you know is the you know hey you know my deer is bigger blah blah, blah. but when you're, you're posting it to just strangers. to yeah to strangers and to, to sell things and and to i don't know get that whatever the the fix of look at me or whatever it is, is, is kind of like, that's, that's the complete opposite reason of why. And I think probably you started hunting it. You know, I, I grew up hunting for, to put meat in the freezer, um, for the winters, because we live on an Island where it's plane or boat. There's no car driving, you know, and there's nothing that to get off. So you kind of have to be able to private yourself, um, in any way. Um, and, you and probably, so I grew up, and you probably enjoyed the hell out of it too, right? And also the, just the, the nature aspect, getting out there. And it was always kind of sacred to me, you know, it was was a big deal to get out and be in the woods with my dad. Um, and to just, to just not, you know, you you feel completely different going out for a day and coming back to the real world. Um, I guess I, I I'd consider like the real world more being out in the woods. (laughs) So going back to day to day life. Um, but it, you know, I always had that, that special respect for the animal and just being out there and doing it to, to, you know, kind of a, almost a primal aspect of it. You know, you're just going out there to fill your freezer to, to do it. And then, and just enjoying all of it, you know, you get the adrenaline rush, you get the camaraderie of, you know, hunting with other people, whether you're splitting up and meeting at the top of the mountain or whatever it is, um, or, you know, now I do bird hunting quite a bit with friends and, and family. So that's really enjoyable. But I think people that get into it because 
they want to be a part of something but do it the easiest way possible or just the most the, the the way that gives them the most i guess like gratification you know the instant gratification of shooting an animal on private property and dragging it on the fence just to get likes um you know that's that's kind of what i'm i know you've been talking about and and it's it's just like the exact opposite of the core concept concepts of why i am a hunter yeah yeah the the like when you're when you're talking about your experiences and your experiences hunting and i i can't i naturally think about my own and what you know drew me into it when i was young and and it's just like such hard work and it's so mm-hmm. and it's so pure and it's so um private to me and and i don't know i'm not a i'm kind of a secular person but just <laughs> spiritual yeah and yeah i been, like I, trotted out by people well it's on the computer it's just it just it's insulting honestly yeah yeah it's it's i think it's insulting to to harvested game and i think it's insulting to other people that have been doing it for way longer and for way purer reasons yeah i wouldn't say like why why, why, why do we why do people like you yeah have to be associated with by proxy with people that are using dead wildlife to build a following or what the fuck ever. It just drives me insane. Well, it's like kind of the whole, like, this is why we can't have nice things aspect. You know, it's like the one asshole always ruins it for the rest of the guys, you know? And I, I don't really have a problem with length of time of being a hunter because, you know, a brand new hunter. Oh, hell no. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. but no, hell no. But it's just like, don't come into it. And then, I mean, I, I wouldn't like it if, I don't wouldn't like it if people have been hunting for 40 years, all of a sudden started to try to glam it up on social media. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. But I mean, like it, there's so many people that have been at it for two, three, four years and mm-hmm. they're putting themselves out there on the freaking computer. Like they're the authority. You know, yeah, like they they have a, a, the voice of of uh, experience and and yeah, I know what you mean. Like they're trying to be an activist or something that they they didn't even know existed four years ago. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say and don't I, do it. Don't do it. No matter yeah. how long you've been on, but um, no. But, but I guess the the most. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have no problem with how long people, because you know, if, if someone gets here and has the same passion that I think we both share for hunting and the respect for it, great. I'm so happy that another person could find what I find in hunting. Amen. Know? Yeah. But, but the people that are like, they follow the formula of like, you know, this is just buy six five Creedmoor, buy everything from QU or Sitka or whatever, First Light or whatever these companies, I don't really want to badmouth them because I don't, but whatever. Um, you know, I feel like that was just like the, 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 the way to go about being a 
hunter that doesn't really know what the hell they're doing is like, oh yeah, you know, like a six five Creedmoor makes me a long range shooter, and it's like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> you you bought the caliber that allows you to do it, but it doesn't mean you're you're good at it. You know, it doesn't mean you should go. Oh, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that 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 was a considered like that has a real flat. Those Creedmoors have a flat, real flat trajectory. Yeah, so everyone bought them because they thought, you know, I think it was like one of those fads for a while that everyone wanted to buy one because they thought, oh, I'm going to be a long-range shooter. Uh, yeah, you Oh, know, I and, didn't know that that was considered a, I knew, I knew it was kind of like the hipster gun. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know, I didn't yeah. know it was a, a lot, like considered good for thousand-yard shooting, whatever. Oh, I don't, I don't. I just hear I people, think people yeah. like roll their eyes and talk about dudes with man buns and creed mores. <laughs> No, I totally agree. Um, it's it's pretty entertaining to watch, I guess. It's just pretty sad. Um, I, well, I guess that kind of rolls into another thing. When I what the Norway does really well is that they do when when they're actually teaching you about how to shoot animals, they teach you to they give you like limits, like you know on what on what you should be shooting and how far away you should be shooting it based on this animal size. Oh, um, that's cool. I mean, there's no like laws, but right. it's advisable. They're like, hey, if you're shooting a moose, like don't shoot it past 300 meters. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they, they kind of give you a whole thing. If you miss by two centimeters at at 100 meters or 300, you, you know, the extrapolation there. Look at that. You know, mm-hmm. think about that. Yeah. You know, and then you're also six, six centimeters yeah. at three year, or yeah, whatever meters, it is. Whatever. Yeah. And no, then they give you that's not right. and they and they Six also centimeters you, is 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 a little less than three inches. I'd say you'd be okay. Yeah, but they but, they they, but they still you, want but you to be like stands. Yeah, yeah. They don't want you to do that. And then they they make you take a big a, a big game hunters test for shooting. It's mandatory oh. if you want to hunt big game. Oh. Wow, this sounds like a really comprehensive hunter safety program they got going. Well, it's more than it's really safety. great. Yeah, yeah, and they make you take, I think it's twenty or thirty shots with a rifle, and then you got to hit five at a hundred meters within the vitals of like a moose. Oh, wait, and you, you take you do twenty five shots before you do the five shots. I think it's twenty shots. You got to shoot twenty shots, and then. And then you got to get five in the vitals. Wait, you get 20 shots at a hundred yards. Yeah. And only five of them have to be lethal. No, I think they, what you want they to do is you do 20 practice. Okay. Okay. And then, then they're like, it's like a warm up, and then they're like, okay, there you go. You know, put your five in the, put your five and they all got to hit inside. What do they do to you? What do they do if you don't, if you don't make it you don't get a hunt big game that year oh no kidding or you might be able to retry but i don't i I don't know the way i've never done the big game test i've always because i I don't have big game hunting rights over there yet you know i I haven't found a train um which we can get get into the 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 train aspect a little later but so i I, i'm really happy with that you know the the what the terrain like you know uh yeah the the private hunting lands um and so that, I think that's really cool. They do that. Um, you have to, by law, 
have access to a after search, uh, a blood tracking dog that can be there within like a couple hours of shooting a, an animal, Whoa. a big game animal. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, you have to know somebody or have one yourself. Yeah. Which is, you would think is pretty hard to do, but not exactly. Cause you know, one guy can service multiple hunting parties, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, then it also is like, you know, becomes a thing. Oh, I'm just going to get a dog. It's kind of a hobby and you go search for, you know, wounded game and you know, it's, okay. it's a, it's a, you know, it's like being a working dog. So I think it's, it's becoming popular, but I I'm really happy with that because it, it really limits your capabilities of doing, you know, irresponsible things, I think. Yeah. How so? Um, you know, they don't, you know, cause I think that it makes you think about your shots more with the course they, they make you take, you know, they, they really want to impress on you oh, the, okay. the, yeah. the importance of it all. And then having the dog, you know, it's like, I think also maybe deter people from making a stupid shot because they're like, well, I have to call a dog. The dog's got to like come up here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It could psychologically like, you know, uh, play into when people make that shot, um, uh, what, what they're thinking, you know, it's a, it's, it's not a big deal. And then everyone in your hunting party has to stop hunting. If you wound an animal and pursue that animal till it's dead. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that man, they got some cool shit going on. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of a team hunting parties, you know, um, a lot of post hunting for big games. So everyone comes oh, to post. Not so much drives. They use uh in big game for um for Roebuck and no, not Roebuck. Sorry. Um, excuse me. For the when they're hunting moose, they use the Norwegian um, moose dogs mm-hmm. and they'll go out and they'll just find the moose and will basically bark them and kind of push them or keep them at bay and kind of push them along your path and then uh you know in your little post and then you just smoke them <laughs> um it's kind of a it's a completely different aspect of hunting i've never really been around um using dogs for big game and also yeah. shooting to harvest is kind of what their motto is you know they'll let's say their terrain that they're renting or own um by size and population has been they say, okay, you can shoot five moose, right? On this, this area. So the landowner can, can kind of make any, uh, rules it wants off of that, you know, um, like, Hey, we're only shooting bulls. We're only shooting calves, but they also teach you do not shoot the cow and then let the calf go. So a lot of people, which I don't know, American, I think U S hunting people would have a kind of an issue with this is like, they'll just shoot the calf and let the cow walk away. And the next year there's going to be another calf. I've heard there's places in Alaska where, well, maybe it's statewide, but that you, you can't shoot a cow with a calf. Yeah. So they'll shoot the calf and then shoot the cow. Yeah. Or that too. Um, it's more about harvesting meat than it is putting a big bull down. Um, not a lot of huge antler, you know, huge antlered bulls over there um so it's more of a more of a harvest aspect of hunting than it is uh shooting a giant a, 
a bull moose. Um, at, at they kind of just at least traditionally. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, a few exactly. Ago, you start, you were telling me that there's like this uptick in women hunters is might be driven partly by the like the hunter in hunting influencer kind of effect. So are there a lot yeah. of hunting influencers there? Yeah, there's getting to be more and more um in the in the time I've spent there. And then but it's even crowding, you know, the you know, because you know it's all private land. So you think, okay, well, you know, it shouldn't really matter that much because if you get your you must, you must really like this girl. Yeah. You must really <laughs> like your wife. If you'd move to a country where there's a bunch of fucking hunting influencers and no public land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. It sounds like a, a recipe for a disaster for if you're a hunter. <laughs> and I thought um, I was worried about hunting in the US. Are there are there are there yeah. hunting nonprofits that to try to recruit more people into it too no i don't think so really um oh you got that going for you then but there's, not think, a, there's not an r3 movement in norway no no there's not there's just like their hunting and fish um you know uh, it, uh department so what i so they don't do they don't encourage people to hunt but they sure do do a good job of training people that want to hunt that is freaking awesome I, I, I mean, is there, I a land, is there a landowner relations component to this 30 hour course? Mm, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, it's all private and you got to yeah. bang on doors. You got to get on. I mean, people, I mean, it, it I, I know it's not like this in Alaska, but down in the lower 48, so much private land ends up getting locked up because the landowner gets sick of people yeah. doing stupid shit. So yeah, I'm just curious. They, they don't touch on like the importance of saying thank you and not driving on muddy roads and yeah. the gate and all that sort of thing. Well, so the private land here is the, the cool thing about the crazy minority is you can go online to their, uh, they have like a like a you know land registry, and you can find out who owns every single piece of land in the entire country. Oh, so you could technically just go call all these people around where you want to go hunting and ask them all, "Hey, can I go hunting here for this, 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 or that?" You know, small game, big game, whatever. Um, which we've actually done around the family cabin up in the Pardonga Vida National Park. Um, which you, the family cabin. Yeah, the, my wife's family's got a cabin up in the these mountain range, the Hardanga Vida, which is like in the middle of the southern part of the country. You know, it's a pretty famous Telemark region of of Norway. Um, oh, so what's but, there? You, know, you can just you got you got moose there. You got reindeer there. And we got yeah, they got reindeer. Yeah, uh, there's starting to be more red stag coming from the west over. Mm. You know, it's kind of all the way across the southern part of Norway. Um, there's a lot of ptarmigan a ton of ptarmigan up there i mean around the cabin um is owned by a huge landowner and i think maybe a couple people a year go hunting up there for ptarmigan so none really and yeah, it's like really? does he let you we can't, no we can't get a we can't get hunting rights there um but i do a lot of dog training there 
Um, but you could easily see a hundred repa or uh, ptarmigan, sorry, a day up there. So he is it who hunts it? I have no idea. Just I think it's like some just some super old guys that have been hunting up there forever. <laughs> but he'll let you on to train your dog. Yeah, that's no problem. Okay. Um, but but there's two ways to kind of acquire land there in, in Norway, you know, is, is either private land where you talk to the owner and rent it from them by whether, you know, whatever kind of agreement, um, or you can go on this website that is called, um, in a tour and it is all the landowners that want to publicly have their, their terrain up for, um, fishing or hunting rights. So you can go there and buy like day cards, week cards, season passes or whatever. And so that has been like the only way for someone to come into the country and hunt uh, or come into, come into hunting without like connections or friends or, you know, uh, family with hunting, hunting property to be able to go hunt, you know. Uh, so it's one, and, unless you have some kind of in with somebody, it's 100% yeah. pay to play. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Could you cultivate a relationship with the landowner and help out a little bit? I don't know, pitch some square bales or do some fencing. Oh yeah, of course. In you that can, way, you can go knock on doors and be like, "Hey, I'll take care." You know, because roebuck are all over the crops. Um, you know, it's all farmland where I live, so you could totally just be like, "Hey, I'll go take care of some of these roebuck for you." You know, if you want. Um, which well, well, now, what, so wait a minute. So then it's not all pay to play. It's, it is pay. That's what I mean. Unless you know someone or you, you get, you get permission by the landowner, but so, so you can get into hunting, like the knock on the door style hunting, but it's on private land. Okay. If you get what I mean. So it's it's either. Yeah. So there's like the, the two ways is like the website where you pay to play or acquiring land through relationships you make yourself. Okay. Um, and, and, but with all these influencers and the, the, the rise of more hunters, which don't get me wrong, I, I am glad new people are coming to it and enjoy it, but it's driving the prices up of like where you could do like an old school handshake deal for like, let's say 200 bucks a year and get, you know, a couple hundred acres to hunt mm-hmm. as much as birds as you want on. Mm-hmm. Now that's like, three grand, four grand, 10 grand, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, so, I, I don't understand how I don't understand how that's not something that hunting personalities, hunting TV personalities, hunting influencers, that they're not held to account for mm-hmm. or even something they won't admit. They don't won't admit it. They're, they're definitely not slowed down in any way. They don't buy it, but yeah, that well, they, do they, I mean, maybe, maybe in their heart of hearts, they know that they are jacking up the price of, hunting access i mean but it's like who the who the hell cares in their mind i mean they got their terrain they have their 
you know, they got their area that they can go hunt and kill this animal and take pictures of. So, you know, I guess that's the different thing is like, they already there's, have there's their so much, but they, but they all, all of the, all of the hunting influencers that I'm aware of give a lot of lip service to conservation and access. Mm-hmm. So e- either they're completely disingenuous mm-hmm. or, <laughs> or they really do care about things like they do really do care about access and they're tortured by the fact that secretly tortured by the fact that they're leading cause of the loss of access. Like a love hate relationship with themselves for what they're doing to the, I there's yeah. gotta be some self loathing that goes oh, on. I hope so. At least <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, or they just don't on, they really flat out. Don't understand. Like, I think, uh, I think that could be, and not there's not much comprehension going on with that um seeing what it's doing to the thing that is giving them so much like whatever fame or whatever it is internet fame you know um but it, you know and, and i it, it's been like my friend or my brother-in-law i guess it is uh it's my wife's sister's boyfriend he's been kind of become my hunting uh partner and He's, Even he though you like, haven't hunted yet, no, I've I've been hunting on a foreign license for two years there. A what license? A foreign hunter's license. Oh, a foreign hunter's license. Okay. Yeah, um, oh, oh, but you but you can't oh, like okay. buy guns or anything over there. So, you know, it's it's pretty restricted. You you know, it's it's mostly made for people that, you know, let's say get an outfitter and they come over and they they bring their gun with them and uh, they go hunting and then they leave. Uh, so it's pretty restricted on your, what you can and cannot do over there. Um, so you bit, but, but your, it's your wife's sister's husband. Uh, basically they're not married, but you know, the wife's sister's boyfriend. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, you know, basically brother-in-law, uh, we become hunting partners and, and he's, a, he's got the full the full blown like he's got the full all the hunting rights he doesn't no we are doing a lot of the uh pay to play no uh, i meant like in term he's like you're saying yeah he does yeah 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 exactly sorry sorry yeah yeah um so you know i'd always borrow one of his old shotguns (laughs) so you two hunt birds together primarily yeah, he's got a Gordon setter that's a little bit older. Um, he's and I have a, I I just bought an English setter uh, about a year, a little over a year and a half ago. So um, we got into that because it's the easiest thing to kind of do. Okay, in, in terms um, of getting on places, yeah, access is the easiest um, for 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 like um, hunting would definitely be uh, yeah birds or small game like you know a lot of people have hair hair dogs and they do that um so i've been doing that with him and he was saying that he used to hunt a a train um or an area that he'd like text the landowner put some money in the mailbox and go up there and hunt you know Mm -hmm. 
like, you know, 10 bucks or five bucks a day. <laughs> so it's nothing. Yeah. Um, and he said it was really good. You know, he was like, Hey, this is, you know, they're, they were getting on birds a lot and they were having a lot of fun and him and his, his friends were excited about it. And then that guy decided to put it up on, on the website there. Um, mm-hmm. That website I was telling me about. Mm-hmm. And now people came in there and just hunted it to pieces basically. Mm-hmm. You know, he went, he went back the, I think the next year and said he found like one bird in the, 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 the corner of the farthest way from the road you could get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so even he's just like, this is, this is getting terrible, you know? Um, so it's, that's, that's kind of where it's headed. You know, there's, there's a lot of, of new people coming in to the, the course and, and I don't have a problem wrong with it, but when they start to take up all these days on the calendar of the, 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 you know, the renting, the renting areas, then it's hard for the people that are kind of diehard hunters or, you know, really wanting to get in there and, and do the thing to, to do it because they're all used up. You know, there's you, you literally there's days where you cannot even go hunting because the, the all the trains where you want to go around you are all full for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're sitting there with your hunting dog and he's just looking at you like, like it's oh. your fault, you know? Oh. oh, and there are there parts of the country that are more remote where it's better? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get to the Northern parts, um, uh, and it's, it's a lot easier to get access up there. Um, but now, you know, yeah, for now, but that's also, I mean, that's a couple hour flight to the Northern area of Norway or oh, th- there's not yeah. a road network that goes throughout the country. There is, but it's like, uh, you know, you're going to spend like 20 hours getting up there. Oh, wow. Way. Yeah. It's, it's not like you can just drive a, you know, 190 miles an hour up there. <laughs> so yeah. windy roads and mountains and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so the way you're going to carve out like a, some hunting, a hunting lifestyle for you there is probably going to have to be, you take big chunks of time and go on trips. Yeah. Yeah. Or which is not bad. Get, I mean, like that's no, kind of what I do. All. That's what I do in Montana. Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I hunt way back in the mountains and I go for a long time. Um, but is that, has that been developed because of the, like the influx of, of, the, the the more near areas have been just blown up you know, like have you or has that always been your style uh so i the first several years i lived in montana i lived in bozeman and yeah. i would do some little trips day mm-hmm. trips around there i guarantee you couldn't do that anymore day trip, no day trip it from there no way it's just mm-hmm. there's it's way way more people there now and way more hunting interest now but i live way out in eastern montana where still i could walk on my well i walked out of my house and shot a couple turkeys the same day here no problem but uh in terms of like what I really like to do is hunt elk in the mountains. It's yeah. You know, if you want to have any peace and you're not going to have any peace and quiet, no matter where you go. 
like you, 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 it's, you're going to run into people, anybody, yeah. but, uh, uh, you gotta get, yeah, you gotta get back, back in there far enough that it's, you better plan on spending some time, you know? Yeah. Really make a go of it. Yeah. No. And that's, that's, that's always fun. Though. I, you know, those, those trips are great. Um, yeah, that sounds like what you're going to have to do. I mean, it, in terms of what, what I'm trying to do with what I'm trying to combat in, in going public, like I have is there's certain, there's certain thing, parts of, of the, there's certain contributors to the increase in hunting pressure mm-hmm. that I'm okay with. I have to be okay with. Like, if yeah, you, more you people reconcile- have a legitimate, if more people have a legitimate interest in hunting and are getting and, and are getting into it because they they like organic meat or mm-hmm. or they uh, want to reconnect with the natural world in that way. I'm not gonna. I can't have a beef with that. You know, it's. I, no. I'm just trying to whatever whatever amount of lost opportunity I have to deal with that is due to people trying to use hunting as a means to make money or become famous. Like I don't I don't feel that it's right that people like you and me have reduced opportunity because of that. Not to the point where I'm trying to pass a law like thou shalt mm. not film hunts or something like that <laughs> but just instead i'm trying to say hey if you're somebody that really is into it for the hunting then don't don't facilitate the making of money off of hunting by buying these people's products and following them on instagram and watching hunting tv and then the other thing would be the other major thing is is leasing. I yeah. I think that that is I think that leasing up land and keeping it all to yourself or hiring an outfitter that's done it is some cutthroat shit. Um and and I think that a lot of the motivation for doing that is like I think there'd be a lot less land leased up and locked up if if it wasn't for hunting tv and hunting social media so all this stuff is interconnected in my mind um, no i definitely see the this this where the strings are going on that one you know what you it, that that it may i mean it makes total sense and you the, the, it's the proof is is you're seeing it um yeah i w- i've been i've been there's a couple people i've been communicating with there's a lot of people I've been communicating with lately because of starting this podcast and I'm trying to come up with a way of doing some kind of formal analysis to see if you could, if we, you could get data that I, to, to get good data that yeah, in a good analysis that showed the relationship between hunting TV over the last 40 years um, and and leasing mm-hmm. uh, and h- hunting social media and leasing 
I mean, to argue that the hunting TV and hunting social media haven't increased like leasing or another way of putting it is buying out the common man and keep making it just be hunting, just be for people, whoever can spend the most. To argue that that's not going on in some senses is, is to argue that advertising doesn't work in that domain, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, the return on, on, on hunting in or on influencer advertising when companies work with influencers to sell products. It's like $6 and 50 cents per dollar spent. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Way, so higher, I interest- way higher than print media or billboards. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. You know, people can watch it. It's on their phone. It's, it's everywhere. Um, I got a, it, kind of a cool. So the only company that I, I would say not, I don't know. I, I like, I really like them. Um, they're a Norwegian company, small, that did the conscious decision to not do influencers or uh, influencers or uh, like uh, ambassadors or whatever. Mm. Um, so they made a conscious decision to do that. They What's the name produced, of the company? Uh, I don't know if I even want to say it just because I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I want to, I have a good relationship with them. I just almost don't know if I want to kind of like oh, put them oh, out. At, uh, we should talk about this after the podcast because yeah. I want one thing I, I, I want to do is get a list of companies if i can find yeah. them that don't use influencers to advertise and don't use hunting tv to advertise and list them on my website okay so yeah we i'd love to do that after so um, maybe it's something that where you could yeah. tell me and i could contact them or something i don't know but i but, i'm really keen on yeah on 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 getting that together, getting that list together. If I can, I just, I could wonder in this day and age, if you could reasonably outfit yourself without, I think, I think you could. Um, so I, why, don't, why is this company not, why did they make that decision? I, I, I don't know if it's for the reason that we're talking about right now. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's because they don't want to do that. Um, I think it's be also because they don't want to pay people to like their shit. Oh. I think their motto was we don't buy friends. Oh, oh, see, yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the, the, no. the list that it doesn't matter why they're not feeding the yeah. beast. It just matters that they're not feeding the beast. So do these, they, oh, I gotta ask this, but I, yeah, we'll pick this up again sure. later. Do they sell products in the U.S.? No, they don't. No, Dang it. but they they do make. I guess you would say they they have a a movie out where they went to like uh, Asia and hunted ibex, mm-hmm. but it's right, I don't like that. The, but but it's the owners of it doing it, and they they're testing their own gear out, and they they're not manipulating it to look like it was magical in a way you know what i mean it's there weren't they go there and they end up losing one of the 
the ibex it, it goes off a cliff you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i don't there's not there's not footage of it but it's they they don't shy away from talking about it so i think that is where i i liked it because they weren't manipulating it to to fit any script yeah no i uh, yeah but but you know what i mean if yeah, everyone no, no, did, I, I don't yeah, I, yeah. I mean i was like i don't want to yeah. be construed as this person that just has this loathing for anybody that i don't have i don't have any <laughs> any loathing in my heart for anybody whether no. make people that make hunting TV, what are hunting influence? I'm just, I'm just trying to do what's best for hunters, for the no, hunt, I, I totally, the sorts yeah, I totally of hunters that the the sorts of hunters I care about, which are people are doing it for the purest, purest reasons there are, their original reasons, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, and that I would that yeah. It, let's say that we decided I was gonna that, that this company agreed to let me list them i wouldn't be like oh no 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 you filmed the hunt i'm not putting you on mine yeah you know um, um but but i i think what what I, what stands about this company is that they don't they don't like they produce it in europe you know um they're not trying to outsource to china to make a bunch of money they're not going to sell out uh what is, is it close or what is it yeah it's like hunting gear they do they're using a lot of really cool uh, non-Gore-Tex products, um, which I kind of got tired of. Uh, but they're using Ventile cotton, which is amazing stuff. Why don't you like and Gore-Tex? I'm tired of like the membrane and the shell just oh. kind of going out after a couple of years. Yeah, you gotta um, have some pretty good freaking clothes to hunt in Norway. It's like just Norway and Alaska. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. That hypothermia, half rain, half snowing. Just miserable. What they call it? Is it Norway? They call it slewed? No, just, I mean, just sleep. It's like that. that Oh, there's there's some Scandinavian country that calls it slewed, that half rain, half snow. Maybe they do. I call yeah. it. I call it snain. Yeah, my mom calls it that. She does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was my thing, man. Well, I mean that that it just means it's, it's. I know, but it's it it just means that's a cool word. You know, it's not many people know about that word. Yeah, like the bow and arrow, <laughs> I guess, was uh, invented independently by something like seven different cultures. You know, so it's like good yeah. ideas and tend to be. <laughs> In, like come up with independently you know yeah but yeah oh i hate snane it's like somebody dumping a freaking slushy down your the back of your neck Ugh. oh yeah you're just horrible. miserable you're just you, there's nothing you can do about it yeah it's, i went it's terrible I, w- I went to our cabin in in december for christmas one time and we did a little deer hunting. That's the only time I've been there. There. That's the only time I've been there in the winter. Every time I've gone, it's been July or August, and I will never mm-hmm. go. I will never go up there. <laughs> no, Miserable. no, it's no. It it turns everything just into suck. You know, yeah. like yeah. no, and I I totally agree. But I I really like what they're doing. Um, I think they're do. They, and one thing I would like really like why they're they're the reason they like started the companies because you know how there's the conversation at the cabin after a hunt about, you know, like the shitty products in the last 20 years, let's say that conversation pops up over, or, 
what they missed about the old gear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead of that just being like a reoccurring argument that happened, they just decided to do something about it and build their own company. Oh. So, so it's a bunch felt, of like they felt like yeah. clothing had gone downhill. There, yeah, in Norway. Yeah. Mm. So they decided to do something about it, and a bunch of friends made this company. Do people decided, there do people there buy hunting products from the US? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the 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 main two there, I think, is probably for American brands is QU and, and Sitka there. Okay. Are there big um are there big hunting box stores? Yeah. Yeah, there is. I wouldn't say they're like as big. There's like a section, you know, it'd be like a huge sports store that has like a hunting section. Uh-huh. Uh, but, and then there, there is hunting stores, strictly hunting stores, but they're not like as big as a, you know, the mega a Bob Wards or <laughs> shields or Cabela's or whatever. Yeah. Not as big as those. Um, I mean, cause they don't, they just don't have as much. I, I guess you could say they don't, they don't, you know, you're only allowed like six guns per person. Um, so, you know, there's not a, a, a massive paltry, amount. A paltry six guns per, how the hell do you get by? <laughs> I know. It's like, well, I need a shotgun. I need a rifle. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> um, so, oh. so that's nice, but I, I, I'm, I'm really liking the way they did that. They test all their own products for a couple of years before they, they produce them to us. Um, and they're oh. just, they're just like talking, you know, it's a, it's a normal hunter that decided to make his own company. So it's, I think they're really cool. Um, oh, I feel like you're teasing me by not letting me in, but I'll, I'll let yeah, you I think I, I think you'll let, I think I can get you. I'm hoping I can get you to at least let me reach out to him. Well, yeah, I think, I think you could try. Um, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I know they, they do. I don't know. You might have a, some issues um, with any of the, like, I know a, one of the guys is a professional guide that is part of the company um, in Canada and in New Zealand. Oh, I think it is. here's the thing. It's got to be simple. Like there's nobody that can agree that agrees yeah. with everything I think in hunting. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, here's, here's what the list could be. The list yeah. could be who does the least amount of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I think that's going to be where you're you're hitting the the best point is who is not or contributing the least or trying to, to be conscious of it, you know. Yeah. Um but then you know, and there's a couple of people in Norway that will do like their own hunting films that are strictly I would say for the love of it. You know what I mean? Like passion project kind of hunting videos. Um, yeah. We, where they're not we trying. Discussion here. Yeah. Um, but I, don't think, I think people get real good at making it seem like, oh, I was just trying to share and people need to understand that what like hunters are not just a bunch of bloodthirsty animals. And I'm just trying to show the good people. I think that mm-hmm. I think people say that shit, but they're just they're just making some kind of attempt to to hide the fact that they're bragging or trying to get money. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I, saying, don't you think I, would, I would say a lot of them are. I'd say the one in particular that I'm thinking of is, I would say is not that way at all. 
but I would say majority. Yes. I totally agree. So there, you know, of somebody that's making hunting videos there, what, what is it you think they're trying to accomplish? They're certainly not making it easier for Kieran to get on a place to hunt some birds for 10 bucks a day. That's not what they're going for. No, I, no, I, I think, I think I have a double-edged sword there. You know, I think that he, I think the person was, do you know this person? I've, 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 I've just talked to him, um, over, over, uh, like, uh, the internet, I guess from, from this, um, man, this is like but, a crypt. We're having a cryptic conversation. There's a lot of players. I, There's a lot of players <laughs> that will go unnamed, but I, I, I think that he, I, I would say it's, I think where he hunts right now in Norway, I think he's like the third generation to hunt there. So I think he grew up with the same views on it. And he also hates the, the influencer life. I think the reason he How started is he making, one though, because he, he's not, he's literally just doing it because he likes to go out and hunt with his dog and he's not promoting any, any type of products or things he's just going out there and showing videos of him hunting in Norway. Um, so he's doing it to get chicks. No, he's, he's wife and kid and all that. Um, (laughs) he doesn't make any money off of it. He, he, he's just doing it because I think he likes to share what he finds he loves. And I think that it's fun for him to edit the videos. Um, I would say he would be a guy that would also be like, want to be on the show, except for he makes videos. But I, I think he was like, when I, I kind of talked to him a bit about this. Randy, I had Randy Newberg on. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Like I'm not, there's yeah. I mean, I I, I'm all, it's not that I don't want to have people on that. I disagree with. I want to have mom. Maybe they'll change my, not my, my mind. Who knows? Well, I, a year yeah, from I mean, now, I might have an Instagram, and I'll be taking my shirt off and freaking <laughs> gripping and grinning. And yeah, no, but I, I think he's one of the guys backpacks that, full yeah. of rocks up mountains Shit. in the off season to show how tough I am. And that might be ter- that sounds terrible, but I yeah, I get what you mean. It could be there, but I don't. I think if everyone made hunting videos like him, we would not have a problem. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm, if I'm, I'm pausing, say, I'm pausing because I'm, I'm, there's, there's non-monetary compensation yeah. for hunting media. All, all kinds of it. I, there's all kinds of it. Like, mm-hmm. well, okay gear but he's not even mm-hmm. getting he, are you are you sure this guy never gets somebody going hey your next video where am i blah 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 here it is no no he's not okay how about man i really like your stuff you should come hunt my place he's he's got his his little uh, his uh rented areas that he he does like a let's say one of his areas is like public but he does like a season pass on it mm-hmm. um and he found his little corner that he likes to hunt you know 
Does he tell people? And, uh, no, he doesn't. He's he just says where the the like the region of Norway he's in, but he's pretty. You know, like I, I, he's told me, but I'm the type of person that, and we both know it, unless I'm invited, I'm not going to go play in that guy's sandbox. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and so I think that that that's kind of the thing is he would never try to snake, you know what I mean? He wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go buy a season pass there because you're hunting here and I'm hunting there. It's more like we just kind of share what we've been doing, um, where we've been hunting and how's it going. but he's not posting pictures of like great day, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like all this, you know, I would say, I would say it's like the most, it's the best way to share without trying to push an agenda or to sell products or anything. Um, but I, but I, I, I think I do completely agree that it's probably made things harder because it does look like a hell of a lot of fun to do <laughs> so more people might get into it but you know if the people that but but then you and you can't like you know uh say oh well yeah all the people that got into it from watching his videos did it for the right reasons because there's probably people hell that didn't know hell no <laughs> so that's what's that's so hard the, about that's all that. the thing it's like no matter what his motivations are yeah it, it's still it's still going to have the same tendency. It's going to still have the same effect in terms of increasing the number of people that then want to do it and yeah. in, in, in increasing the number of people that then want to have an exclusive experience and, and buy up access for themselves. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I know. I know. I think it's. He's, so at that point, I I'm like, know. if people, people like that, it it seems only it seems only just that they would say exactly where they're going like yeah why should why should you have to have to have your experiences compromised because of his need to show other people his honey yeah oh that makes sense that so makes she sense. says hey i'm over you know i'm at, i'm at the blah 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 what do you call it over there? Not a ranch. What do you call them? Uh, I mean, he's more just at like, uh, I'd say like he's just on whatever terrain in this area of that section of Norway. You know, he'll be, I'm over here. Um, but, you know, he's kind of like, it's all figured out. You know, there's no, it's not like he's going to new areas all the time. He kind of hunts the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, where he know he knows he's really familiar with the terrain and, uh, all that, but I, I definitely see. I don't have a hard I, time with this guy. I mean, I don't have a hard no. time with anybody. I'm just trying to no. think through what the right yeah. thing to do is for, for for hunting. And I there's some there's just some there's there's some things I think that no matter what angle I think about them from, I can't come to. I always come to the same conclusion, and that's yeah. that. Yeah, totally. People like you and I that are trying to mm -hmm. hunt have good hunting experiences without involving our billfolds yeah. to the maximum extent possible. I cannot, I see nothing but harm to that from hunting media. 
Mm-hmm. There's just, no, I think it, there's no upshot to it. No, no, I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. believe so either. Um, it's, it's fun to watch, you know, like it is like, oh, but I, hey, think, I know, nobody likes hunt. I don't, <laughs> I, I only don't watch hunting TV because yeah, I think it's bad the principle for of hunting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's bad for hunting. I love it just as much as anybody. And it, and, and I'm also have a strong urge, just as strong an urge to brag as anybody. <laughs> Yeah, of course. You know, it just makes you feel better when you shoot a, a bigger animal or whatever than the, your your friend, you know. But yeah, but just text them the picture. Don't put it on social media. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd love to put it on social media. Yeah. And, yeah. And get, but get five thousand likes. It's got to feel like <laughs> it's got to feel like get taking it like getting a cocaine hit, man. It's got to just be like when you're checking. <laughs> We check it and you got like 85 comments and like, whoa, look at that. Blah, blah, blah. This is awesome. be great. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be yeah. great. It's just what I love more than that is just having hunting be freaking pure and legit. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's you know what for me, if I let's say I wanted to go hunt red stag in Norway. Uh-huh. You got to, you know, like, forget it. If, unless you want to pay, let's say, I think it's like, what was it? It was like 1200 bucks for two days wow. to go hunt red stag. Right. And would then you get one, then, would you get, would you if, have a good chance of getting one? Yeah. But it might not be a bull or a, a stag. And even then when you shoot the damn thing, you got to pay per kilo. What? Yeah. How so much? you're like, I didn't want, I didn't want to shoot a big one. Uh, How much US? uh what is that um maybe like 10 bucks a pound or more oh five ten bucks a pound but that you know, is so far from what hunting yeah. mean to me what hunting means to me it's so like so removed from what hunting is to me well and the, the, the part like, that's even gonna, it's it's, yeah. it's it's antithetical to what hunting is to me hunting is is about getting something by your wits. Yeah. You know, and, and like that, that what you just described is like, you really did buy it. You bought yeah. the, you bought you the bought damn thing. Excess that you paid per pound up for it. On top it's just like, it. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I might as well go to the local store and buy uh red stag meat. Cause you can do that. Oh, <laughs> I would way rather do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's delicious. It's yeah, so I would I would rate way rather do that <laughs> just in terms of not having to deal with the guilt of knowing that I had helped privatize wildlife. And then and the the kicker of this is that it's almost like a nuisance over there because there's so many in the west that are pushing to the east that farmers are like we really got to do something about these things. And why are they doing, still, why is that happening? Uh, because the, the, there is like zero predators pretty much for them. Oh, I mean, they killed pretty much all the wolves in Norway and most of the bears. So there's so, been an eastward expansion of, yeah. Okay. 
so that's but, pretty but still pretty the wild. farmers won't let people on to hunt unless they pay a lot yeah i mean it's it's like and they're just everywhere i mean like you know i saw some some footage of like in some fields in the west coast of norway of like you know 20 red you know red stag in a in a field there you know and like just mowing it down mm-hmm. and they're like no you know you you got to have hunting rights. You got to pay me money to go shoot these things. And it's just like a nuisance almost. Um, And then people are, you know, people are even losing their bird hunting rights because like, you know, like let's say they rent, they'll rent part of it. They'll they'll rent the entire train to bird hunters and then big game hunters. So kind of two different things. Mm -hmm. And now they're being like, Oh, you guys are going to disturb the red stag too much. So Mm. we're not doing Mm -hmm. any, bird hunting rights on this land it's all uh big game hunting and so the birds are just you know no one's hunting them at all yeah so So, guys are losing access because of it yeah Yeah. because of demand because it's becoming the trophy the cool status thing to to go shoot red stag and you know the rich rich kind of deal you know so and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to come on the podcast and be like if America doesn't get its shit together, this is what you're going to be staring down the barrel of. <laughs> and, yeah. and what you describe with what you describe with red stag in Norway is you, you could have just replaced the word Norway with Western U S and red stag with elk. And you'd yeah. be explaining exactly the same thing. Yeah. I don't understand it. I, I I mean, I get the fascination with hunting that, that type of game, you know, the stag elk type gear. I just don't, I just can't see it being why they had to make it this way. Why, why are we having to fight to go do something that was not an issue? You know, like, it, yeah, go shoot it. Sweet. Go for it. Go hunt it. You know, now it's got to fight in tooth and nail just to put a, a meat you know some meat in the freezer yeah what was your favorite thing to hunt growing up we hunted a lot of stick of blacktail mm-hmm. um and i really liked hunting uh the grouse um we got the hooters up here or the blue grouse you know mm-hmm. that's 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 really fun um so that's what we i grew up with my dad and my dad was a that was a huge influence on my life uh for how to treat and manage game he was the chairman for the regional advisory subsistence council for Southeast Alaska. Mm. So he went all around to all these small villages and towns and listened to people's qualms and proposals about how many, you know, halibut or deer or whatever you're allowed to take. And, uh, tried to you know do his best to make everyone happy and be able to live off the land and you know be sustainable oh i almost guarantee he knows our neighbor the guy that used to live next to us uh out on prince of wales this guy he is a chief in the simpson nation Oh well, yeah, the Shin yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've met up uh, at one of the their meetings. Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, extremely active. Yeah, in all things fish and wildlife management related. His name is. Yeah, you should ask him if, if he knows Ron Layton. 
Yeah, actually, my dad passed uh, oh. a few years ago. Oh. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they they knew each other. Yeah, uh, he he knew he knew like pretty much someone you know anyone in that in that type of field he knew um, mm-hmm. quite well. Because okay. he was, he did it for for a lot of years. Uh, wow, that's doing a, that. yeah, that had to be fascinating, a fascinating line of work. I mean, so, he was also a commercial diver and a fisherman, and but he was that was you know one of his things he liked to do is he wanted to, you know, be the, you know, help try to make everyone at least not hate what was going on. For, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So what would he do? Like, what was the diving? Uh, he actually pioneered, uh, the sea cucumber, uh, fishery here and the gooey duck fisheries. Um, he started also kind of helped with the urchin that never really took off, but he moved here originally in late eighties to do the abalone, like off doll Island and kind of almost down in the neck of woods where you have the cabin Mm -hmm. and, uh, the abalone got eaten up all by the sea otters. So that quickly (laughs) was not a thing anymore so he kind of had to figure something else out and they got um that sea cucumber fisher going and then the gooey duck fisher going okay so Um, big pioneer in that that's cool yeah i like diving for sea cucumbers so what a weird creature to have like such delicious meat come out of oh i know i know (laughs) last thing in the world you would think when you look at one of them for the first time is, Hey, I'm going to eat it. Ah, yeah. But, uh, it's just a defense mechanism because they are delicious. <laughs> have you ever had they the are. soup that they make out of the whole thing that the, no, I, the I haven't. See, that's like what the market is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, dry I've, only, that, I've only uh, just had the muscle meat out of them. You know? Yeah. Cause they dry out the skin, right? Yes. And then they make, yeah, they make it in. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. It was, they do some, yeah, whole kind of ceremonials thing. Yeah, my my understanding is it's basically flavorless. <laughs> okay, like, it really is, and that. But it's, it's like just, medicinal. Yes. Yeah, that's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. the reason I asked you what your favorite thing to hunt was is because could you imagine? Like going hunting for black tailed deer, but now mm-hmm. you you paid to get on a place to do it in Alaska. No, well, let's say, yeah, in Alaska, yeah, yeah, let's, but like, let's yeah. say in Norway. Let's just say that we're in an alternate universe okay. where there's sickle black tail in Norway. And you, okay. you paid to go hunt one. How much, what percentage would it diminish the experience for you? I think it would. Like you paid, feel, like you paid okay, more than what it would take you to go buy the meat. I think it would be like a 80% drop in mm-hmm. enjoyment and fun. So I that's mean, what I, I don't understand. I don't, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, why is this leasing thing so huge? Because it, it reduces the gratification so much. Well, it doesn't I, seem I, like there'd be a market for it. You, you know, know what I think? I think the, 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 with that comes in 
I don't want to generalize, but I think it, to me, it just seems like more people are just doing away with those morals or that core concept of, of like doing things the hard way and getting the gratification through doing it the right way, if you will, if you will, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think they're just like, you know, like everyone says like, you know, Vegas is like the instant gratification. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want it. right? Right. So that type of mentality I think is coming into hunting where they don't really give a shit how they get what they want. They will do it. And when, if no one's like blatantly calling them out or is bringing it to the attention, they don't care. Their, their morals are not the same as ours. So they don't really give a shit how they get the big bull or the big, uh, you know, buck or whatever. They just want to get it done and do it. And so they do. And that's the way they can do it. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to do it the hard way where you did like a, you know, like a, let's say you did like a two day pack into an area, hunted, got a massive bull spend three days hiking it out this is a major this is a major hypothetical because i don't kill massive bulls but but i mean like so you did and you got like a trophy size bull and you did it the hard way no one's ever gonna be able to get that experience that with how you feel about it you know what i mean like that no not even while you just said yourself they get about 20 percent of it yeah so i just don't think that they really give a shit about that other 80 percent of the way that it makes them feel because they, they ha- either they haven't experienced it or they're not, that's not how they're wired maybe. Yeah. Um, but they just, they just don't care enough to, to, to want to go do it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause like nothing will feel better than spending a week hunting and shooting a deer on the last day. Mm-hmm. And who cares how big it is, man? I don't care. You know, oh. I'm just trying to, I, it's an accomplishment. You, you, you went out there and you did the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, and, well, I, I, like I said, I, I wrote this, I can't remember if I wrote it or just said it, but like, I'd rather kill a, uh, a one-eyed calf with a limp on, on public land than some monster that like is basically quasi domestic <laughs> wildlife on private land that I had to pay to go shoot, you know, and that's, yeah. And that's not even an exaggeration. It's really, it really is true. I just had zero interest in the private land pay to hunt thing. And mm-hmm. I do wonder, I mean, I've been saying that I have these, I have these tenants on my website. And mm-hmm. I've been saying they're like, right. When you get on the website, they're right there. You can look, you can look at them, but I've been saying that I'm not, a, I'm just not a, uh, uh, I'm not an optimistic person by nature. So take this. <laughs> I wouldn't, need, I would say the same thing yeah, as so, myself. So, so, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, well, if you're wired the same way, then this is just going to depress you all the more. But like, I think <laughs> it's, it's just doomed to get worse. I think it's doomed to get worse. I think that's going to be more and more quality hunting Yeah, is going to involve the billfold more and more and more. And that's just not 
what I'm, I'm not in it. I'm not willing to do that. You know, I don't, I don't, it's not even a matter of pride. It's just, that I don't, I don't enjoy the prospect of involving my billfold at all. No, um, I want to, I want to go buy the, 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 the tag every year. You know what I mean? Go, go buy your license. That's what I want to pay for. Yeah. Buy the license and, and go. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about, I just got done doing a two day fencing project. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, we have this program here called block management. Yeah. Fish and wildlife, fish, wildlife and parks uses the out of state hunting fees to pay ranchers and farmers, that are land, large landowners, uh, inconvenience fee for letting the public hunt. And we, I went with a bunch of game wardens and people from pheasants forever. And we fenced for two days to, as a thanks to this rancher that's been in block management for a long time. And he just got a bunch of fencing destroyed by fire. By oh, wildfire. Shit. Yeah. So yeah. like, I'm willing to even do that, you know, yeah. and I wouldn't do yeah. it. I, I get, I wouldn't probably do it for like an exclusive permission. Like I'll do all this fencing, although that's, that has way more taste to me and I'm, and I'm not, I don't oppose it, but I, I'm way more, I, I, I'm way more inclined to be, to, to put some set sweat equity into making it so that everybody has a place to hunt, not just me. Yeah, you know no, I, I, mean? I totally agree with that. I totally agree with the, you're going to do your part to help out people that are offering up their land for public hunting so yeah. that more people can, can, can enjoy it like we do and hopefully treat it the way we do. But I, I, I just have this such a pessimistic outlook on my, my personal outlook on, I guess, humanity in general in how things are going um, of the way we're treating the earth, where we're treating each other yeah. and like how we, how we kind of just snowball everything and just turn it into something that's completely not, you know, we, we detach it so far from the core concepts, you know, we're just trying to make it, you know, a way to sell products, a way to do this, a way to do that. And it, it, it just kind of, it just really makes me so frustrated. I just kind of want to scream, you know, a lot of it. Yeah. And because I just feel like people put the blinders on, they just kind of be like, well, that's what everybody else is doing. And it's like, yeah, but that, should you be doing that? Right. You know, like, is that really, but, but people also don't really think about the other, the other guy, you know, they don't think about the longevity or where the direction is going. They're just kind of living in the now moment of instant gratification. You know, mm-hmm. there's no long run process and, you know, with the instant gratification thing, even that I was talking to one of my hunting course instructors in Norway and uh, you can join like their little hunting club. And from that hunting club, you can rent cards on. Uh, when you say a, they. Who do you who like do you the, mean? it's like a local hunting team. Like, you know, an area, like a town will have a hunting team. Right. Okay. So, so the, he's like, team hey. is a group. Oh, okay. They, these people hunt together and do. Like do the most yeah activities the dogs and yeah so okay. if you join the club you can also hunt on one of the this a big uh, a really large uh, owned terrain for small game mm-hmm. uh, you know like birds and hare and it's it's I mean it's super big and 
And I was like, I asked him about it. And I was like, Hey, how, how is that for birds? You know, I got a setter. Like um, he would love to go tear that place up. And he's like, it's good. You can go find birds, you know, it's really steep and you get on the tops of these little the knobs, you know, and then there's quite a, a decent population there, but you got to work for it. But, you know, he was like, you know, some people go up there and, you know, they expect to, to get in this many birds or contact this many birds. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's just hunting, you know? <laughs> and it was like, but he didn't realize that I had the same mentality as him is like, you don't know what's going to happen. You got to go work your ass off and you don't trust right, that yeah. shit, you know? And I was yeah, just like, yeah. oh man, like, oh wow. Like, you know, people are really putting an expectation on everything that you have to do here. Like that's <laughs> like, they, oh, I, I better get this many birds. It's like, what? Yeah, that is so <laughs> outside of what I just, it's just, it turns hunting into a video game. I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> you're guaranteed to find this many. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, I, I, I found a place like 45 minutes away from my house. So I'll take, my dog there a couple times a week and let him go train. I won't bring the gun, you know? Um, because also I don't want, there's, there's not a ton of birds in that area and I don't want to shoot them because they're not going to be there for next year. You know? Mm. Um, oh, you could hunt there if you wanted. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, you know, I had a, uh, one of the, we have those Kepper Kaylees over there, um, which are like about a four kilo uh, grouse. I like how you have only been in Norway a few years but you're all metric well it life is simpler that way <laughs> oh it really is yeah i know 10, ten yeah. is your 10 is your friend I'm, boom I'm, I'm bilingual with that stuff because i'm a research okay. scientist yeah so, yeah uh, so it's easy to translate so they're they're it's like almost a turkey sized grouse and uh i've gotten to yeah, just close for enough the, to our, our just for any yeah any u.s listeners that might be yeah it's there. about that's a, like a, eight kil- eight kilos you said no, uh, four, four, four kilos. So that'd be like nine pounds or something. Like yeah. That. That's a, but that's a massive grouse. Um, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've gotten close enough to them where they like, I could see them, you know, eyeball as they're flying by me, you know, like looking <laughs> at me, you know, um, have you shot one? I have not shot a Capricale. I, uh, I'm hoping to get one this year though. I'm hoping to get the, the dog on one. He's, he's pretty talented for a young dog. Um, so I'm hoping to get them on one again, but so I would, I would add these little spots, you know, on this map and, um, I would use a Norwegian, uh, mapping app that I could show steepness. So I'd be kind of like, you know, walking around the steepness and trying to figure out my tra- trail. And after a while, I found these good, good paths I'd go to that. I always knew I would find birds in one section or another. So I would just go train on that but I, I had to work for it, you know? And, and I just don't think that, you know, people be like, Oh, how's that train? I'm like, if you know where to go, it's fine. But if you don't, you're probably not going to see much. And they're like, ah, I'm not going to go there. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, it wasn't like, they were just like, is there any guaranteed birds? I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just, it's just, I just can't handle that. And I mean, I'm, I've been fortunate to get on a rented terrain um that's that's privately rented uh so i mean i guess i'm kind of in a way using up some of the private rented terrain um i my i guess it's my mother-in-law's cousin uh has a train 
that he rents like a handshake deal for a couple hundred bucks a year. <laughs> I should have <laughs> asked know? this a long time ago. Yeah. So in or way earlier in the discussion, but a terrain is a piece of property. Is that piece of property? Yeah, we call them basically it's like a terrain over there. Uh we that's what we call it. It's a it's a a, a you know like a bordered uh property that's owned by someone or a group or whatever it is. Okay. And you can look all these properties up. Yeah, like I, I would say in, in the same way you'd say, I'm going to go over to Bill's land. Yeah. You'd say, I'm going to go over to Bill's terrain. Yeah. So except I'm sorry, sorry would, for all the, the confusion. Except, <laughs> except Bill would have yeah. a Norwegian name. Yeah. So he's going to be, uh, yeah, SIG. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Anyway. So, so you, He's got a train that he rents from uh, the landowner that he's a cabin on, and he only rents it for small game, but he hunts, he's got a hare hound, and that's all he does. He's got a Finnish hare hound, and he only hunts hare. That's all he wants to do. And so he invited me and my, my brother-in-law with our dogs up there, and he's like, hey, no one's hunted birds here since like year 2000. <laughs> and we're just like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> and uh, we got a couple of ptarmigan out of it um he's got a rare terrain where you can get ptarmigan you can get uh capercaillie and you can find some uh black grouse which are i would say a, a similar size to like a sooty grouse or blue grouse uh-huh um and those are really fun they're really fast flying so it's pretty fun um so we we had some good really good hunting up there um so we got lucky i mean we were very fortunate to get the opportunity to go up there for a weekend or two uh -huh. um but the rest of the time we have been renting our train you know um uh to 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 find that and now you're gonna you're pretty much paying like three to four to five grand for a couple hundred acre terrain um to to rent for a year for small game um yeah i mean you're not it's not like you're paying a bunch of to put meat in the freezer you know <laughs> no definitely not um i mean i don't think hunting hunting generally doesn't like if i if i took all the money i spent on hunting and bought beef with it I'd yeah be in new york strip every night but at least like <laughs> i can argue that i can argue that a a buy a, a critically important byproduct of my hunting is I feed myself through it, you know? Yeah. And I, it, whereas and if I like had a, some other hobby, I'd still have to go out and buy the meat yeah. or whatever I wanted to eat. If I didn't hunt, I'd probably be vegan, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, but I when, when you're talking, when you're talking that kind of money. Yeah. And you can't even, you can't even, you don't even have that rationalization anymore. You don't. When you, you, you look at the bird, you know, you shot and you're like, how many grand did I pay for yeah. this? Thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but it's kind of the only way to get into it. And it's so much fun, you know, hunting over the dog in like tight forest areas is super fun. And then hunting on terrain, uh, like the mountains on snow with skis and your dogs tearing up, you know, running around on the, the the snow looking for ptarmigan and you're on skis and that's a blast man that's super fun uh so it's a really fun fun thing to get into it's just 
it's just so damn expensive now, you know, yeah. over there. And, uh, you and know, I, can like tell I said, you I was love, I can tell you love your dog. What's your dog's name? His name is Teddy. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you love um, your dog. So I, I can, I sense that a part of what drives you to find places to hunt and train is because you just want Teddy to be happy. Dude, that is like, that's probably like 60 or more percent of why <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Is just because of how much fun it is to see a dog that was bred for a purpose of hunting birds to just let him go to work, you know, and let him, the, you know, that's the reason I bought that dog. Um, the breeder was very, you know, it's a, it's a good breeder. He, he knows what's going on. He's like, Hey, you, you can't not hunt this dog. You oh, know, like, yeah. You know, um, I guess I have a little bit of a dog, uh, kind of aspect I want to bring into it. Um, but no, he's, it's, he's an amazing hunter, really fun. It's, it's just like, I could just sit and watch him do his thing. I don't really care if I shoot, if someone else shoots a bird over, you know, bird over him, that's, that's way better than even me shooting one over him. You know, like if I can help someone get a bird with my dog, I would be super like, I'm so excited about that. Um, it's just, it's just such a good companionship. You know, you, you're, you're there alone, but you're not really alone. You know, you always got him at least or the dog or, you know, he or she. Um, so, but I, but I think one of the things that's happening is people are getting so excited about hunting with dogs over there with bird dogs that it's also created, you know, like the, the supply demand for, for bird dogs, which, then you start to, it's not a huge gene pool over there. Um, so, you know, people are good with importing bloodline dogs. Um, we have some of the best breeding programs for setters. Um, and, uh, but you're getting a huge demand for them. So now all these litters are happening and, uh, cause everyone wants to have a dog and then, you know, cause it's, it's fun. And then they see all these other people doing them and doing it and training them. And like, then they use Instagram to help like them train the dog. Like, Hey, what should I do for this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, are you really trying to use Instagram or social media to help train your dog? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, I have an issue with that. Um, Why is that? You know, I just feel like you should be a little bit less there and go talk to, you know, there's professional hunting dog training areas. Okay. Um, Is you know, a matter I, of trust somewhat? Like, why do you trust this? Well, why are you trusting like your couple of thousand followers to give you answers? I mean, like in, in, in dog training, it's like, you got to follow like a system and everyone's answer is right except you know what i mean like everyone thinks their answers are correct or you know their method's the best so i just feel like it's just such a weird way to try to get help mm -hmm. <laughs> you know i guess i just don't understand it um you know um it's 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 nice to be able to, to reach out to people that are dog trainers and can get some pointers on how to correct it but if i'm having any issues with my dog i go to a uh like a you know a certified kennel that trains bird dogs and go deal with that mm -hmm. you know yeah and not not just try to ask some person that got a dog three months before i did how to <laughs> <laughs> fix a problem you know every dog's different or, or maybe three months after <laughs> yeah it's like what, what am I, you know i don't need that no so 
but then it, in the same time, it's created the influx of want for 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 breeding, which can overbreed uh, males, overbreed females. You know, you you know, like the kennel club kind of recommends like one litter per year, so you're not doing it every heat oh, cycle. So it's getting a little puppy mill. Yeah, and over there, and then you know, and they even have like a registry where you can see like they have like a uh, how many puppies a, a male has fathered and they'll have like a like a color rating on it you know and like you know from green to red and red's really not like okay it's too many layers coming from that male so but you know the, the the blood's getting pretty watered down and you're gonna get into some kind of inbreeding coefficient that's not going to be great mm-hmm. um and now I, i'm even like it was really tough to get a dog when i got mine it was during covid so everyone was home and so everyone had time for the puppy. So there was like a big influx of like, you know, like 60 to 70 people would be over or even more, probably a hundred were looking at each litter. Right. And wow, there's a major, which, what do you, what do you pay for a setter over there? Uh, about two grand. Okay. So everyone's paying that. And now that everyone's back to work, the setters are the same i'd say level or more like you know they kind of ramped up their breeding you know like more people have started breeding because of how much puppies there were wanted the supply you know the demand was really high so the mm-hmm. supply came again and now that everybody's back at work there's guys that are struggling to give away like dogs that i would have killed to have when i was looking for mine like holy shit look at these bloodlines you know like oh wow that's be interesting you know, that's it's like, that's going to be a fantastic litter and they're, they're struggling to give away, you know, like one or two males, like, you know, three months, four months after they were born. So you probably know that you probably read this article. Like there was dozens of this article where COVID has gotten people back into the out of doors. Will it stick after the pandemic? And yeah. that's a data point one could used to surmise or infer that no you know it this the that people are gonna kind of go back to their the 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 bump in outdoor products is just a a blip a temporary blip if all of a sudden these dogs are tanking in value and hard to sell don't you think yeah i could totally see that um and it's really a bummer you know because i i mean personally i just like i i have a hard time not taking them all home you know or that's that's, (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm gonna be like that i have i have a corgi and she would not yeah i I, she would not like it if there was another dog i was just dog sitting the last couple days and oh and this dog i was dog sitting was from the same litter or not litter same same breeder as my dog yeah and she hated even that even though it's her. oh dog. yeah oh they don't they don't they don't care yeah no they, my dog's pretty spoiled but um i'm trying to talk to the wife and getting another one uh here next next year or the year after uh, yeah dick i probably depends a lot on their demeanor but my dog is a is a one dog she wants yeah. a, a one dog atmosphere a one dog situation my dog so you know I don't have to worry about her 
like if I, I I tell people if I had kids, I would be very worried and I'd be very torn about instilling an interest in hunting in them because I'm just afraid the kind of hunting that really matters is might not be around, available for them. Yeah, but would you I I guess because it's the way it's always been in Norway. You know, if I have kids, uh, I would want it to be a part of their life because that's like what made me and my dad very close. So I'd want that kind of, you know, thing, you know, we have that bond or connection, but I don't, I don't see it getting, it really can't get, I mean, it can get worse. Obviously I'm never going to say that it can't get worse, but it's, it's always the way it's always been. It's just going to cost money, but I think I would want them to, to get into hunting if they chose to, but I wouldn't push them. But I can see what you're saying by the fact is that you don't know if you'd want them to get into it because it would, you'd be kind of like, this is how good it used to be (laughs) all the time. Or just get into something else where, where it's still egalitarian, where your success is still. I'd want my children to engage activities where their where their success was proportional to their what they put into it. Um, where if 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 where it's becoming in hunting, it's like your success is proportional to how much you can fork over. You feel how much you, <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's exactly it. So that's why, you know, I'd want them to do something else. Um, well, do you, do you but, think that like in like a, a very pessimistic aspect of the, the, the view, like of everything, do you think that it's just one by one? You think these things are going to be like these hobbies that were once I'd say like almost coveted uh, by the people that did it be kind of just falling by the wayside because of being opened up through social media, through public, the public eye more, you know, like the kind of the cats out of the bag type of thing. Well, I started to allude to this earlier, but then we, the conversation went in a different direction, but I was talking about, I have got these bullet points. on. Mm-hmm. So what the way I think of those bullet points, do this, don't do that I, is I think it's going to get worse. I I think it'd be it, it could be very very difficult for the next generation to have what what you and I had growing up. Uh, uh, there, but you know, depend. There might be little pockets of the world where you could still have like the freedom to hunt and fish uh, uh, over large swaths of land and water without having it be completely regimented and and profit motivated and all that crap that I hate, but it's going to get worse and worse. But like, if I was to look in a crystal ball and see Mm -hmm. that in 20 years, somehow, instead of getting worse, it got better. Then I would guess it, it would be, it was because 
the hunting community decided to do something along the lines of the bullet points. Yeah. So, I mean, things like don't pay to hunt. Uh, I know you, I don't criticize. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hold it against you. I don't that you pay a little bit to, to hunt, but just to, in general, these are ideals that we should be striving for. Don't pay to hunt. Don't watch hunting TV. Don't, don't, uh, don't follow people that are trying to sell pot products using dead game on social media to, uh, fight for habitat and access. Um, uh, treat landowners with respect, etc. I think that's, that's a huge one for me is just the overall disrespect of, of the, the, I, I mean, I hate to say it cause it's kind of around my generation, um, is the people around. How old are you? My, I am, I'm 31. Okay. Uh, I've, I've been hunting for over 20 years here. Um, you know, as, as an Alaskan, um, so I guess I've been doing, I mean, I, I literally have memories of me doing it like five years old, walking around the woods. Um, and my dad shot a spike deer <laughs> in the snow and I had to carry his backpack out. And, uh, so that what was, did you, what did you think of it? That was, that I was a formative, obviously it was a formative experience. You remember it, but were you like, I thought it was amazing. Or, yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. No, I thought it was amazing. Um, but I mean, so it's, I've been doing it a long time and I think it's like, I just cannot believe how people these days are acting the you know i think it it people are around my age or younger or when they're able to hunt till a little bit older than me are just are just ruining it for the rest of us and i hate to like generalize an entire age class but it it's it's if it wasn't true i probably wouldn't have to say it but just and I'm blatant. sure there are some young hunters that are in it for the right. Reason. Oh, amazing. No, no, and that's, and it's just the one, because you know, you're always, you never hear about the great people. You always hear about the ones that are shitty. Yeah. In well, this. you hear about yeah. the, in the, in the one, I mean, cause they're the ones that are putting themselves out there and. Yeah. Because no that, one talks about the guys that were very respectful and quiet. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Although I've talked to a couple young, I'm trying to think. Talked to one guy real recently as a young young guy, and he's he's definitely hunts for the right reasons, but he's also a grip and grinner online. So yeah, it's all so complicated. I know it's it's you. I don't think you're ever going to find like <laughs> the perfect, you know, person that's going to do everything right. Um, but because everyone kind of gets caught up in one thing or another, you know. Uh, yeah. But. I actually, um, yeah, no, I, I, I just, for the disrespect thing, I, I just am totally frustrated with it. I'm totally over the way that we treat, treat other people and treat land. And I mean, there's a, there's a finite amount of land in the world and animals, you know, like if, mm -hmm. you know, and, and in just in my lifetime of, of, I, I've been a commercial fisherman for over 16 years. And so I've seen a drastic change in, in population, which is in, in that, you know, aspect. You've been commercial the, fishing since you were 15. Yeah. So you, whose boat did you go out on the first time? Uh, I was on a, a guy from Petersburg. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm, I just, that no, just no, you're good. I, uh, 
I mean, I, I, I guess I grew up, I fished before then, but that was when I first went on a boat that wasn't my dad's, I'd say, is when I actually like became a full crew member. But I was fishing uh, from a very young age, about, you mm-hmm. know, I think the first time I ever got to run a hydraulic crane, I think I was like four or five. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I had pulled a lever. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but so, but I've been, I've been as a, a crew member, uh, for for yeah six over 16 years um i've seen a big change in fisheries and populations of salmon and wildlife and everything even in that time which is you know not even a fraction of what some of the people that have been hunting 16 you know like you know like people that are 80 that are hunted 60 60 years in the u.s have seen yeah uh, so it's it's just ah, i'm just frustrated with with how we're treating everything um you know, the, the respect is gone for what I think I got into it for. So, um, yeah. What do you elaborate? What, yeah. Elaborate. What, what I just don't, I just don't people like feel like people are really res, respecting the wildlife to, to want them to, to live a normal life until all of a sudden they have a, a quick and hopefully pain, painless death. Um, you know, they, they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's easier to get a bigger bull if I do it on a ranch or I pay to do it rather than, you know, I want to go out where someone, no one else is and go shoot a buck in, in Southeast Alaska in a bay that no one else is in, mm-hmm. you well, know, I, um, I think that one wholeheartedly, but it seems like in terms of wildlife, it's in terms of respect for wildlife, it seems about the same either way whether it's on a private ranch or, I mean, they're still hopefully experiencing a rapid death. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Being fully used. Uh, I, I, like we talked about earlier, I, I think that putting them up on like putting dead animals up on social media for the whole world to see is pretty tacky and disrespectful. Um, Mm -hmm. is that part of what you mean by, respecting wildlife or uh i mean i would say i don't i don't think it's super disrespectful to take pictures of it or i think it's when you're making it look more of a trophy than you are like an accomplishment like you know what i mean like I would put a spike buck up online just the same as I would put like a four point buck, (laughs) you know? Um, I would say like, I think it's, I think in the sense of you're only hunting that animal to be, to be a trophy is when it's disrespectful. Okay. That's what I mean, I guess. Yes. All right. Now I, now I totally, so yeah. What could be more, what's, what could be more disrespectful to a, to a, a game animal than harvesting it for for something other than to sustain yourself mm-hmm. or you know yeah harvesting it to improve your standing with other human beings or something i guess it's i guess it's just trophy hunting in general doesn't really make like it doesn't really excite me at all you know there's no part of me that think that i want to go be a trophy hunter yeah, I'd like to get it. I'd like to get a great big and 
but yeah, <laughs> but it, it would, but it. So I'm, I guess I'm not immune to the draw of trophy hunting. I'd like to get a great big one. Yeah, I, I would. I'd rather get a, a small one on public land than a great big one on private land. And if I do get a great big one, I'm just going to hang it in my barn with the rest of my antlers and show. Yeah, my my ten or fifteen friends, you know. Yeah, exactly. The the way that and the, the old greener, school way, and the greener yeah. they were when they looked at it, the better. But mm-hmm. you know, I was well, <laughs> deeply jealous. But. Well, it's like my dad's biggest sick of blacktail he ever shot. He just saw deer staring at him with the tree on each side of its head, so he just saw orange antlers that went up, you know, to the tree, <laughs> and he shot it. And he walked down there and it was a four by four. And he's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's you know? huge for, uh, yeah. Do they ever do sick of black tail? ever get five on the side? Oh yeah. You'll they get do. some okay. real weird ones that are like fives and sixes. Uh, some down by where you have the cabin, you know, Prince of Wales is kind of a, a big area for you get some big antler deer. Um, but yeah, the I've bodies are a little bit smaller area. I've never, I've never hunted deer at the cabin. Okay. Uh, I, well, I've gone hunting with my brothers that time yeah. in, in over Christmas, but I'm just pretty fixated on the angling when I'm, when I'm there someday, who knows? That's like, that's what keeps me from being completely anxiety written, written about the future of hunting as I feel as though I'd still be able to eke out some kind of existence as a hunter for, for deer at the cabin. Yeah. No, I, 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 I've shot, and 70s, yeah. you know, I've shot quite a few deer down in that area, the Prince of Wales area. Uh, it's and it's so much fun. for big bears, really big black bears. Yeah. 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 Everything's so bigger lot, on Prince of Wales. The, the bodies are bigger in up, up in like the Admiralty, Baranoff, Chichikov area. Oh, some really big body deer, um, in the mainland. But, uh, Definitely the biggest, I think, antlers for Sitka Blacktail in Southeast are, are down in your end, you know, like no on average. No um, but I got, a, I got a quick question for you about how you feel about people coming into Montana as a foreign hunter and hunting public land through the, the party system, the party hunt system. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Well, they, they do like the, the draw tags, you know, the, the, you have to get the point, the point system, I think it oh, is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, how do you in, feel about put in yeah. they put in year and after year. Yeah. And and then they they draw a tag and come out and hunt. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not opposed to out of state hunting. I think I think that <laughs> that out of state hunters, I but uh There has to be in-state preference. I think if you live in a state yeah. all year round, that you there's that you should be pro, like people who live in a state all year year round should be prioritized. Or the home state, the home court advantage kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so and you know that's gotten that's gotten really bastardized in Montana. Mm-hmm. They there's all there's all kinds of loopholes have worked their way into the system. We're supposed to give out something like 
17,000. This is in the state constitution, 17,000 combo licenses. And now like we're up to 50,000 because the shit. Yeah. Like the coming home to hunt thing. And where if uh, you used to live here and you have a relative that lives here and now they give out hunting licenses to, to out of staters that are in college. And so I think with that, it's, it's, it's not an all or nothing to me. In my viewpoint, it's a, it's a balancing act, but I'd say it's, it's, it's out of, it's out of whack right now. I mean, there, there's way more, uh, way more out of state tags being given out than there probably should be to be fair to the people that put up with the harsh winners and yeah. everything else that goes. So you, so you have no problem. You don't have a, any problem with the concept, the core concept. You just have a problem with the tag allowance right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, the reason that, that these loopholes emerge is because the outfitters really like out-of-state hunters and they're, they're going to bring in the big bucks. Yeah. yeah. And they're very politically active. So it just yet, a, yet another, in my viewpoint, downside to bringing money into hunting mm-hmm. is this unfair allocate what's become an unfair allocation of tags. So, when, cause I, I, I think your second episode, you had, uh, the guy from Mountain was it, pursuit. pursuit, Mountain yeah. Pursuit. Um, I really like that. You know, he Rob was Shaw. really, yeah. Rob said he was, he did a, a hell of a lot of cool shit for, for, uh, for Wyoming there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. People told me I interrupted him way too much and I really apologize <laughs> for that. And I'm, I'm going to have, I want to have him back on and talk about predator hunting here pretty soon uh, yeah i mean yeah yeah a, he's a he he's he is a hard working guy man for in for in terms of what he believes for hunting and all the litigation that they've been involved with it's crazy i don't know how yeah. i i need to if i was a better interviewer i would ask them how they fund <laughs> all this litigation so yeah i mean it, it sounds like they're they're just they're moving mountains almost. yeah yeah. To, 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 to what they're doing, they're getting all the, uh, the, the, the out of state tags way down to the right, the correct percentages and, you know, making it for, you know, every guy that, that has a rifle that wants to go hunt a, you know, try to make it possible for them to go hunt the elk. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's all about. You know, that's, so I think that was really inspiring to hear. Um, that's another you know, tough, so- tough issue because I certainly don't want to be somebody that, I, I don't, I don't, I, I want, I would not want to be, I would feel very ugly if I was advocating for just trying to keep it just for Montanans. And there's a lot of federal land here, you know? Yeah, but you're just kind of like, you're, yeah, yeah. Is, I, know I, you mean I don't that know what the right, I don't, I don't know what the right mix of in state, in our state is. Thank God that I don't. Have to think about that or like be the one that decides because that's a really difficult, diff, difficult thing to figure out. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, but I think that you're just, you know, he's focused on Wyoming because that's, you know, how his whole thing came about. And then, but you're, I guess you're kind of more worried about your backyard, but in general, you would say, I, I think that you're, you're very concerned about the direction hunting's going. Um, and I just I, feel I, smug. I feel smug in the things that I have decided to stand <laughs> up for because they're easy. They're e- even though nobody in nobody that has a voice in hunting is standing up for these things, except maybe Rob. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like they're easy. Yeah, I want to get rid of hunters that hunt for adulation. I want yeah. I I, I want to m- help hunters that buy everybody buy exclusive access for themselves realize that what what they harvest by doing that is not a trophy it's shameful those are things that i i just it's i don't have to i don't have to wonder if i'm missing something with those things i think no i could feel completely confident the game access to game should be reserved for people that go about it quietly and use the meat and don't brag it up on social media and try to sell products from it. And that, that I feel quite comfortable saying that, you know, leasing other people out is not, is is freaking bullshit. Yeah. And and I guess, coming a little bit back to the selling of products, I guess would say I do like to, if I like wear one of that, that company's gear, I like to like promote it because I think that they're doing things for the right reasons. So, and they, they, they have on their, their website that they do not, it's, it's not, it's on the, whoever's doing it is their own accordance. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm okay so, with that. Like, if you paid for the, if you pay for a jacket and you really like the jacket, yeah, it, you you pay for the jacket, you really like the jacket, you wear it on your feed. And you're like, man, I really like my jacket. That that's that's way more admirable than look at my big buck. I couldn't have done it without my blah 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 rangefinder from. <laughs> yeah some yeah whatever glass company yeah yeah i know you mean uh no so and that's i just wanted not to try to get any hot water off of this um but it's yeah there's something that i i feel like i think that they do a great job and they do it for the right reason so um that's why i like to yeah i like to i like to just tag them in like a, a story or whatever that i have on social media but um, just basically back to the core concepts of what, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. None of those things that you're looking for or you're, you're trying to get done are, are totally like, you're not going to wake up in a month. I don't think and be like, yeah, I was totally wrong about that. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Or, yeah. or I don't, and I don't think it's asking like that much of people either that, and that's, what's so frustrating is like, it's kind of like just acting the you're asking for like bare minimum to kind of preserve what's left of hunting. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. I mean, maybe you can help (laughs) me think through how to refine what I'm asking for, but that's what I'm driving at, you know, and I'm just, I put out my best 
just putting out my my best take at what it would take to to for you to have what you what you had and for your kids to have what what you had mm-hmm. and for well, you to continue to have what you yeah. have and your kids to have what you have and your grandkids have i'm putting forth what i think is it's going to take you know i i i'm that i just that's all i'm that's all i'm trying to do is say i think if we wanted to keep what if we wanted to keep what you and i had mm-hmm. i don't even know i don't even know if to say present tense or past tense anymore because yeah it's well it was it was yeah yeah so i know you mean if we if we wanted if we wanted to have if if we want to have that style of that kind of opportunity that that this the, my my whole platform is that we'd have to do these things and whether we choose to do them or not is yet to be seen well i i think we're going to have to really all start holding ourselves accountable i mean the people that are are doing all the the things that are you know the people that are playing the hugest part in, I guess, making it inaccessible, you know, like, like, you know, making all this hunting TV and, and, and social media selling or the companies that are doing all the, the content, you know, pay the content thing. If, if they don't start looking past the dollar signs or the, and, and just holding themselves accountable for, conservation and for free chase and we're i don't think i don't know if we're going to get anywhere um you know it's gonna i think a lot of it's gonna have to be choices and then consumer choices you mean consumer choices and and then i think you guys kind of when you were talking to the well no 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 the your the outfitter oh rod yeah rod uh to, you know, you guys both, I know, I think you guys kind of lined on a lot of things uh, about the, the whole fine for, for making a mistake. I think it, I think it should, you know, be a big deal, you know, kind of like the driver's license thing, you get points taken off or, you know, you lose privileges and there's big fines. I, I, I'm all for that. You know, I'm all for making it there's a risk to it. There's, there's actually some consequences. It's not, it's not just that attitude of, well, I'm not getting caught. I don't care that what's, what are they going to do? You know, not let me hunt next year. No, that's never going to happen. So I think if you, if you start giving people a little bit more, you know, there's, there's, yeah, I think, I think you got to start hitting people in the pocketbook or taking away their rights. So they really think about how they're behaving and acting. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that I really love about Norway is that people really respect rules. Wow. It sounds like it. So, and, and it's, and it's, you're just like, wait, people actually want to do the right thing. What the hell is going on? Here? Yeah, that is, that's <laughs> wild. So it would, it, I bet there's not much littering that goes on there. No, no. I mean, no, not at all. Uh, I would say it's a very clean city uh you know in oslo it's very clean the towns are clean people don't throw shit everywhere out in the the, the woods you know i found i think in 
the couple of years I've been hunting there, I found like maybe two, like one spent shotgun shell and one unused shotgun shell. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Uh, you know, you don't find a bunch of brass all over. You don't find people's trash from a campfire. You know, you find the amber, the, you know, the, the coals and that's about it. You don't, you don't see plastic wraps from, you know, people's food. You don't find, you know, uh, the freeze dried meal bags It's people respect nature. You know, it's, it's like the funny culture thing. There is like you go down the street, don't look at anyone. Don't wave at anyone. Just walk down the street. And then you go out to nature and everyone's like waving at you and saying hi. <laughs> oh yeah. It's that way here. It's so that way here in Montana too. If, if you are in a town you don't wave to people. But if you're out in the country on a rural road and you and you someone's coming the other way, then you wave. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like that, they they teach like you. that is such an like this this hunting training. Yeah. And how intense it is. You know, I've been tr- I did a little bit. I gave up. Now I was trying to get montana fish wildlife and parks to impose have a mandatory training program if you wanted to hunt on block management land or other there's other programs that get yeah the access to hunt to hunt private land oh i already you probably heard me talk about this already yeah and they if you want the idea is if you wanted to hunt private lands may accessible through public programs you had to take a hundred relations course and they just were not freaking having it to me this why, why i don't get why you have to beg and plead people to be decent humans yeah or or <laughs> in this case beg and plead people to institute a simple program to encourage people to be decent humans yeah yeah like why why is why why are we like trying to go back to square one of like how to treat people yeah you know um is it is a i mean i know that every state is different is it mandatory hunting safety course in montana yeah if you're if you're born before prior to a certain year then okay then you have to take hunter safety and then if you, and no matter what your age, you have to take some kind of hunter safety program if you want to hunt archery. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I, I think there's, I mean, I feel like we need to be making hunters that are at least knowledgeable, more knowledgeable. And so, um, I'm, yeah, that it it is mind blowing to me that you you couldn't get any leeway on that though you couldn't yeah. get or make any make any headway yeah yeah uh, that is just mind blowing i mean i feel like those people are are giving up a lot i've never hunt block management but you know they're they're it's a pain in the ass sounds like yeah to 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 do it if there's if the people are being respectful then yeah that's no problem you know um but yeah they we lose places all the time because of yeah and then they call up an outfitter and say, Hey, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, um, one, 
a few bad apples just really, really severely. And I and I I just feel like there's no remorse either. No. No. Well, I got my deer, or I get my whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we've been at it for a long. A yeah, long yeah, spell, we have. So, oh shit. Yeah. Hey, so anyway, thanks for thanks for coming. Yeah, on. I really appreciate it. I I appreciate you having me on the. Hopefully, you gave some you know a uh, different perspective on uh, hunting around the world and oh yeah. and and seeing how Europe does it and yeah hopefully uh, not the direction that you guys you know in the u.s is going to head to um, yeah no, it's been a very good cautionary tale a very good allegory of where where things could end up here if we don't pay attention 